0: A university fellowship church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and we talk about God's word and what impact it's having on our lives. And this week we have Sean Duncan with us. Hello, Sean. What's up, Chris? So happy to have you. Good to be here. It's always a pleasure. Um, Sean, you have been working through the Sermon on the Mount. So why don't you? Like give us the spark notes version. Okay. And let's find out where we're at now. All right.
1: Very easy. Uh, spark notes version. It's the only thing I ever talk about when I'm here is the <laughs> sermon on the mount. So, um, yeah, let me just summarize the last like 30 episodes I've done with you. Easy, Yeah. Sermon on the mount is found in the book of Matthew. It's Jesus's longest recording teaching. It goes from Matthew chapter five to Matthew chapter seven. And the, teaching of the Sermon on the Mount, it's being given to Jesus' disciples. So it starts off that the crowds are following Jesus. Uh, Jesus went up on a mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So the entire thing is a teaching to Jesus' followers, to Jesus' disciples, those who have come to him and who have sat down to learn from him at the feet of the teacher. And the way Jesus starts is he pronounces all these blessings of their identity over these people. So he tells them how blessed they are, even though they're poor in spirit. And even though they're mourning and even though they're meek, he pronounces all these promises and blessings on them. He tells them what their identity is because they're his disciples. So he says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And then before he even starts to tell them what it looks like to live in the kingdom of heaven as his disciple, first he addresses who he is as the king. So there were some misunderstandings going around of Jesus where you know, some people thought, well, this guy's all about like grace and forgiveness. Maybe he's trying to get rid of the old testament law. Or maybe he's trying to just start a new thing and and reject uh the Jewish tradition entirely. And Jesus uh reaffirms, he's like, I am not here to abolish the law or the prophets. In fact, I'm here to fulfill them. So we're in a section where he's just addressing these laws that are either being used, misused, or abused during his time by other religious teachers. So some of them are are Old Testament laws directly quoted out of the Old Testament that are being quoted and used, but maybe they just haven't fully understood its, its full meaning. And we looked at some of those already. Other ones are not laws that are in the Old Testament, but have kind of been created by the religious leaders, almost like as a protection against even getting close to breaking the law. So that's, a, you know, that's a misuse. Um, and, and then other times he's just addressing things that are, um, complete misunderstandings and almost on the side of, of abusive misunderstandings. So today we're just going to look at one of those. Uh, we have two more left. So, uh, this one, and then the next podcast I do with you and we'll finish chapter five. Oof. Yeah, we'll be over a third of the way done with the Sermon on the that. Mount. Yeah, this is actually the longest chapter okay. of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, they get progressively shorter from here. So uh, he's going to start off by quoting an Old Testament law. He's going to say, you've heard that it was said, and then he's going to readdress what it actually means for the people and what they should they should take away. So here it goes. This is Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you.
0: There's a lot there. There is a lot there. Yeah, a lot that, at least at face value, we read and we go... This has some serious implications for my life.
1: Yes. And this specific section of the Center on the Mount has had huge effects on on culture abroad and and, and um Christianity as a whole. Um because like what do these teachings mean? Um the maybe the most common uh understanding of the way this has affected people is pacifism. Sure. Where people are like, okay, I shouldn't retaliate with violence at all and there's that movie hacksaw ridge i haven't actually watched it yet it's I um I either. it's got great reviews and it's got um one of the spider-man uh, Andrew garfield andrew garfield yeah okay. and, and it's great so this guy he goes i think it's world war Two, and he wants to join the army and do his part but he doesn't as a christian he doesn't believe that he can carry a gun because he can't kill someone because mm. of laws like this so he's a pacifist so he goes into the army, but he never carries a gun. And at first he gets made fun of, but then he ends up saving a ton of people by by saving them at Haxar Ridge. That's like, that's the, that's the synopsis of a story and
0: movie I have not heard and not <laughs> seen. <laughs> Our next podcast will be movie reviews that we've never seen. <laughs> yeah, but that's,
1: like a, that's a valid question. Is is Jesus teaching me to be a pacifist? No, it's a great question and we should wrestle with it. So let's just like break it down and kind of see what's going on. So. Okay. You've heard that it was said, and then he's going to quote from the Old Testament. This law shows up uh, three or four times in the Old Testament. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Very popular law in the ancient world. There, there's even this law recorded in other cultures' laws. Mm-hmm. It's a very common law code. And what had been happening is people were using this law uh, personally as a way to get revenge on someone. So we gotta just backtrack what was the original context. So the laws in the Old Testament they're given to the nation of Israel, and the nation of Israel is supposed to use the laws to govern them as um as a society. So they're societal laws and they're supposed to be enacted and, and governed by judges that were put over the land. And those are kind of like how Moses would function, where people would come to Moses with a dispute. They would say, what should we do in this situation? And then he would decide what would have to happen. So that was a civil law. Maybe like how we have speeding tickets now, yeah. you know, something like that. And what had happened is people were taking this civil law and applying it personally. Mm. And then they were using it as um, the, the reason why they can get revenge.
0: Yeah, it's almost like they're keeping a the tally system going. I yes. get to get this from you because yeah. of what you've done. Yep.
1: So maybe you you wronged me in some way. Uh, I, I'm planting corn out in my field. And, as one does. Yeah, as one does, and, and you just keep coming over and uh, over into my backyard, and you're reaping from my harvest, and you're taking my grain. Um, the proper way to apply the command would be to go to the like the court that's in our town and we'd bring the dispute among the elders and maybe the judge of our, our local area and they would decide. And, and if it was true that you were taking from my crop, you would have to repay me for the crop that you took. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth and even payment. Mm-hmm. They, they wouldn't make you pay interest. Uh, they wouldn't say, well, you have to give them back the crop and you have to give something else. So the purpose of the law was actually to, um, to hinder revenge and, mm-hmm. and hinder them going too far. Because it's like, well, if you take my crops, well, then I'm going to take your crops and I'm going to take your cow. Yeah. And then it just spirals out of control. But people were taking it personally as a personal way to invo- invoke revenge. So I was like, oh, man, Chris is stealing all, all my, my grains. I'm going to go and steal his grains instead of taking it to the court system. Yeah. So they're taking a civil law and they're applying it personally as an excuse to get revenge on people. Wild. So... Um, Jesus is going to address how should you personally be interacting with people? Not civilly, because they've taken a civil law and applied it personally. So he's going to address the personal. But I say to you, you personally, don't resist the one who is evil. If someone slaps you on your right cheek. So these are all examples of what it looks like to not resist the one who is evil. Mm-hmm. If someone slaps you on your right cheek, which is probably a euphemism for, um, for like religious... Um, persecution, Mm -hmm. not someone physically harming you. Oh, interesting. That's not, not what's going on at the end of the gospel of Matthew. Jesus is slapped on his right cheek by the Pharisee when he's on trial. Right. And then Jesus responds, what charge do you bring against me? Mm -hmm. So they're bringing a religious accusation against him. So it's religious persecution is what uh, that is probably referring to. If you are in an abusive situation, you should leave it, not, yeah. not stay in it, not turn the other cheek. You should leave that situation and not allow that, not allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other. Also, if someone sues you and takes your tunic, like your, um, your outer coat, let him have your cloak as well. And the cloak was seen as like a universal human, right? So someone sues you and takes your suit. Well, give him your shirt. Also, just just be willing to go above and beyond for for someone else. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. You know, go the extra mile. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Those are all examples of what it looks like to not resist the one who is evil. So, I think here's a way we could misunderstand this law. Okay. So he's giving these for personal law. Mm -hmm. So we would be making the same mistake if we took Jesus's personal law and applied it to a civil situation. Mm. So, um, you know, and there's, you know, there's disagreements on this and that's okay. Like this is, this is a secondary third, maybe even a tertiary issue. Do you know tertiary means like the third Mm -hmm. level issue? It Mm -hmm. sounds like turd. (laughs) I'm just like, it's scholarly put it. You write a paper like use the word tertiary, but it sounds like
0: tertiary. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> I know, I know it from color theory. Actually, so <laughs> there you go.
1: Um, but we'd be making the same mistake if we took this and we wanted to apply it to our civil government, mm. to where we wanted our civil government to actually not um, invoke justice or penalty for crime. That's actually what government is there to do. All throughout Scripture, government is a, is an institution. Established by God and the power government has is given by God. Now, anyone who is given power by God that abuses power, they will answer for it. Mm-hmm. But governments are there um, by God. And in Romans 13, it says that the government is the one that wields the sword. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're the ones who bring about justice. The government is there to, um, to hinder and abate and, and, to, and to keep back evil. Yeah. while the church is here to bring about flourishing. So the government doesn't bring about human flourishing. It it, it hinders human evil while the church brings out human flourishing. There's but, an episode
0: for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe so. <laughs> um,
1: you know, but so when there is an arrest made or when we're thinking through um, maybe even like the death penalty and things like that, it, it's, it's tempting to apply this verse as a Christian because this is our, our personal Christian ethic. Mm-hmm. to apply it then to our government and say, well, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have the death penalty or, or we shouldn't um, have, um, you know, like a, a crime sentence where they're in prison for a certain amount of time. Cause we shouldn't take repaying. an eye for an eye. Yeah. We shouldn't be repaying it, but that's for you personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's your personal role. You're supposed to allow the government fill its role in justice. If you, so let's like take it all the way back to just like the, someone slaps you on your right cheek if someone slaps you on your right cheek, maybe like literally physically slaps you, I think the proper way to even apply this is instead of biting them with your fists, which I know is hard for you to do, Chris, you got really gotta calm down. Gosh, you're, you're just always getting into it with people here at the office.
0: coming out of my pores. <laughs> so
1: in, in, instead of you bringing about justice with your own fists, allow the institution of the government that's been established by God to do it. So, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you should call both your church and the cops. Right. And you should get into a place that's safe. So that would be like the proper way to apply this Mm -hmm. rule. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's not pacifism. It's it's not necessarily. Yeah.
1: Some would read it and say, yes, this is, this is pacifism. And maybe personally, yeah, you're, we're personally pacifists, but we also, um, are not against justice.
0: Can I ask you a question that might take us off rails a little bit? Um, what do you take Jesus' words of, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak, buy a sword
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in relation to something like this?
1: Yeah. Um, so, earlier in the Gospels, he tells them, like, not to have swords. Right. And as he gets closer to the cross, he does tell them, sell your cloak, get a sword. And I think that's for personal protection because, mm-hmm. like, things are, times are going to get really tough. But once they have one sword, they're like, all right, we have enough. Like, he doesn't have them... <laughs> I He's, want an arsenal like, of swords. You're not like John. Peter. I want you to have fifteen <laughs> swords. I want you to be strapped, bro. No, it's just like have some protection in case you're attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all. All that's going on, on there. So I think there is an element like protect yourself uh, mm-hmm. as an image bearer. Um, you are doing what is right when you protect yourself because you are also protecting the image of God in yourself as yeah. well.
0: Um, so would you say? If someone is trying to goad you on, insult you, whatever, um, you know they they slap you in the face. It, you might end up with a black eye. Maybe mm-hmm. you, it's not going to feel great. You know, a situation like that. Stay calm, l- brush it off. It's whatever. You're in danger. Different story.
1: Yeah, I think danger. You're in a different story, and I mean that's what government laws are are there for too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the Old Testament laws, there's there's so many examples of well, if your ox um, gouges someone to death and you didn't have them fenced in, that's mm-hmm. on you, like you, that's your fault for someone dying. But if someone got in like the pen with the ox and they got gouged, well, that's their their own fault. So there's like there's all there's so many layers on it, and I I'm honestly hard pressed to think of a situation where. Like I personally would be truly threatened if someone was attacking me. Like um, either I put myself in a situation because I was just somewhere I shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um. Or I didn't actually take the escapes that were given to me, and sure. maybe I like wanted to get physical also. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think there is there is room to protect yourself, but even the protection can go too far. Mm-hmm. You can take things to a different level, um, and I think it's different thinking of it as men versus women. Mm-hmm. I mean. Like, you're a pretty big guy. Yeah. And I like to think of myself as a big guy. I probably have, like, body dysmorphia. You know? I, I always tell people... You're when, six
0: and a half feet tall, Sean. Well, well, they see me
1: working out so much, and they're like, Sean, you have a problem. I'm like, yeah, I do have a problem. I still fit through doorways.
0: <laughs> I was talking to Haley today, and I was like, this is the problem of filling an entire hallway when I stand sideways <laughs> Yeah, you know,
1: I'm like close to 200 pounds and I'm a man. Really? And like I'm like semi-athletic. So, yeah. I mean, my experience of a physically threatening situation is way different than like my wife's would be. Right. So, yeah, I think it's something that each person has to think through. How do mm-hmm. I be faithful to this command while still being wise, uh, still being safe, and still not allowing someone to sin against me? Because that's the other end of the spectrum. Um, if you were... In some sort of like abusive situation, whether you're a guy or a girl, uh, where you just allow someone to abuse you, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you're actually enabling sin to take place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the best way you can honor someone is to remove the opportunity of sin from their life. So even with, with whether that's a parent or a spouse or a friend, whatever it might be one of the best ways we can honor people some way is by removing ourselves from the situation. So they're not able to have that access anymore to harm us and sin against us.
0: Yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: But yeah, this is a a fun section. And one, I think that all Christians are challenged by, whether you're a guy, a girl, whether you're six foot or five foot, I don't know, like whatever situation you're in. Because we all have people that we want to respond to mm-hmm. by getting an eye for an eye. And you don't have to be like wrestling people or punching people. What about when someone just insults you and you want to say you're stupid? Yeah. You know, you want to like respond back with an insult. Yeah. Well, personally, this law would, would also apply to that. And, you know, someone like calls you a dumb name, you don't respond to it. Or someone, you know, kind of takes a jab at your your school project that you did you don't respond to it. Yeah. And that's really hard and it's really counter cultural and it's really um, counter to our nature, our sin nature as well. So this is what the upside down kingdom looks like is rather than responding to evil with evil. We don't resist the one who is evil.
0: Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. So good. And practical. I love that. These things are, I love the way you explain them. They help it ground it in something that, you should be able to listen to mm-hmm. and immediately think of five ways that this applies, whether it's a family member, co mm-hmm. coworker, or, or, you know, the way your kids interact. I can think my kids, you know, one spots the other and the other one comes right after. Oh, yeah. them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing this, yeah, man. Uh, of, us with this stuff. And uh, I'm excited to finish out Matthew five next time. Yeah. That'll be fun. Awesome. All we'll right. get you guys next time. See ya.